My name is Catherine Tagpon. And today's Old Testament reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, beginning at verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep dark darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy in the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onwards and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. Today's gospel reading is from the Good News according to Luke, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph, and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. 
But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of Christ. Praise to you, and see people, <laughs> not the single, the single eye of a camera. <laughs> Let us pray. Come to us, we pray. Come to us, O Lord. Come to us in our pain. Come to us in our joy come in this world that desperately needs peace and bring it. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength, our rock, our redeemer, the word made flesh. Amen. So I didn't grow up in a particularly religious family, but we did have a nativity set, stable, barn, ceramic, baby Jesus, Mary, Joseph, angel, shepherd, assortment of barnyard animals, three kings with gifts, they were all there. One thing about our nativity, though, was that it wasn't very impressive. The stable was only about a foot across. It was a little lean-to, a little crooked. And the roof was sprinkled with tiny little pieces of, like, astroturf or something to look like straw. Small, inch, high figures, dusty brown clothes, paint chipped, and baby Jesus was just this sort of little head popping out of a blanket. And that was about it. The family that babysat us, though, oh man, theirs was amazing. Theirs was symmetrical. Real wood stable, foot tall, wise men, gold cloaks, merry and bright purple, baby Jesus, bright blonde hair you could swear was blowing in the wind, lips pinched Zoolander style. <laughs> Needless to say, I was kind of jealous. After all, if the creator of the world is being born as a baby, you should probably go all out with gold at least a little gold here and there. It made our little nativity look a little dingy in comparison. It was a little dingy. Now, as I've grown older, though, I've come to appreciate our little nativity. Part of this is millennial nostalgia. We love anything we grew up with, and we'll repeat it forever and ever and ever. But the other part is the Christmas story itself. I've discovered over time that the story itself is rather dingy, as is. It begins by mentioning the Roman emperor and the Roman governor. This is because Jesus' people have been occupied and oppressed by the world's largest superpower. In fact, it was one superpower after another for centuries. And this is why Mary and Joseph are in Bethlehem in the first place because they needed to return to Joseph's ancestral land to be taxed. 
And when they get there, they've got to sleep in the barn because there's no one at, nowhere else. And they've got to lay Jesus in a manger, the trough for livestock feed, one step shy of homelessness. And bright colors fade easily in the cold. And, and oh yeah, of course, we forget that Mary is an unwed, pregnant teenage mother claiming the paternity test would come back positive for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Huge family scandal. Then the guys who show up aren't royal courtiers or paparazzi, but shepherds. Dirty, uneducated, working class, backwards peasant types. Hopefully that wind blowing the baby Jesus' hair would give mom and dad reprieve from the smell, at least. It's not shiny or glamorous at all. When God comes, God comes to a time and place of oppression. God comes to an unconventional couple, temporarily displaced by political circumstances. God comes to a barn among filthy animals amidst deep poverty and suffering, and rather than a palace, God is delivered in the dirt. God's delivered in the dirt. Christmas is the story of a God who so loved the world, not in a perfect state of refined beauty, but as it is. A God who doesn't love us in a perfect state of refined beauty, but as we are. In all our fear, our suffering, our shame, and family dysfunction, a God who doesn't sit back on the cloud and judge the world's sin and brokenness from afar, but one who is born into that very sin and brokenness in the flesh, moving into the neighborhood to heal and restore all things from the inside. A God who's at work not just in rainbows and baby giggles and transcendental meditation, but one whose greatest victory and clearest revelation is in death. Death on a cross. You know, as beautiful and wondrous as my friend's nativity was, it's clear that our little nativity was perhaps a little bit more true to the original story because at Christmas, God gets dingy. God gets dingy. A couple of weeks ago, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. This isn't just a commercial. <laughs> I just wanted to take a quick break to talk about sponsor Amazon. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert featured an interview with Rob Delaney. And if you don't know who Rob Delaney is, he's a comedian actor, the co-star of Catastrophe, which is, as you can see, on our sponsor, Amazon Prime. A comedy on Amazon Prime. He kind of plays this kind of cynical dad who's ultimately lovable, which is what I hope to be. <laughs> and Delaney is on the interview circuit for his recent memoir right now, and his memoir is called A Heart That Works, which comes from a song that says, A Heart That Hurts is a heart that works. And that's just one of the best lines I've ever heard in my life. And the book's called this because it's about the tragic death of his third son, Henry, 
from a brain tumor at the age of two and a half. And I haven't read the book yet, but I read an interview a couple of years ago where he talked about this experience, and in, in reading the interview, I felt physically sick because it brushed me up against the possibility of the same happening to one of my own kids. And uh, I didn't even want to go there because it's life at its most heartbreaking. It's life at its most dingy. Something that you don't even want on you. And Delaney said that he started the book to get all of this anger out. But it ended up being a work of love. Because this experience has gradually changed him. He told Colbert that the whole experience has forced him to become more comfortable with mystery. You see deeper, he said. You see through the veil things that are much bigger and more powerful than what's happening in the day-to-day. -day. You put your hand on the pulse of something more majestic and terrifying and beautiful. And what is that thing? Colbert, who's Catholic, asks. What is that thing? Well, I mean, Delaney says a little tentatively, I, I mean, it might be love. It might be love, he says. But then he continues, the big problem for me is that my faith organ, or whatever, has actually been growing in the years after Henry's death. Now this is a problem for Delaney because Delaney has for a long time identified as an atheist and as far as I know he still does. I mean I didn't Google specifically is Rob Delaney an atheist anymore? Question mark. But you might expect an experience like this to shrink even the largest soul, what he calls a faith organ. But somehow, through this loss, the loss of his precious son, one of the worst things we can ever experience in this life, his faith organ, his soul, has grown. The heartache is still there, but life is bigger, more majestic, more powerful. In fact, him and his wife say that their hope for this book is to show people, quote, how grace can still appear even in the darkest of times. Through this experience, they've seen through the veil of this world, through this suffering and this pain. And on the other side is love, a love that has come to them through this dark time. Now I don't speak for Rob Delaney, although I'm, you know, bought and paid for by Amazon, apparently. <laughs> um, I don't speak for Rob Delaney, and I don't know where he's at with Jesus, exactly. What I do know, though, is what he's experienced sounds a lot like something Jesus would do. It sounds to me like this, the growth in this faith organ is God being born in him. 
in the crack, that crack where the light gets in. The love Delaney's talking about, the grace he's talking about, the healing and the joy he's talking about, sounds a lot like Christmas. Because Christmas says we've got a God who's not afraid to get dingy. One who arrives most profoundly in the dark places of our world and our lives. One who's born promising to bring great joy and peace and newness, grace and even the darkness of times. God gets dingy. God gets dingy. And his experience is about as dingy as life gets. So, brothers and sisters, dear friends, guests, both faithful and skeptical, whatever your suffering, whatever your darkness, whatever your pain, whatever injustice reigns, whatever doom may hang over the world, take heart and fear not. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born today in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You, even you. If God could come to Rob Delaney, if God could come to Bethlehem, God could come even to you. May you hear this great good news in spite of your own cynicism and doubt and demoralization. May you and the friends of our, the words of our friend Rob Delaney, may you see through the veil this Christmas. May you see deeper, may you see that, that things are much bigger and more powerful than what's happening in the day today, may you put your hand on the pulse of something much more majestic and terrifying and beautiful. May the love that is God be born into the dingiest places in your life and your soul, and may your faith organ grow on account of it, if even just for a little, if even just for today. Because Christ is born. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward all. Amen.